Hi, I'm Chris Apolito, and welcome to the Get Coached Podcast, where I'm documenting my journey from employee to entrepreneur while featuring the coaches that are helping me along the way. Each episode, these coaches provide actionable advice to help me and you, the audience, find more success as entrepreneurs. I invite you to join the journey so we can go and grow together. Welcome to another episode of the Get Coach Podcast. In this episode, I sat down with David Sommerfleck. David is a digital marketing specialist with over 20 years experience working with Fortune 500 companies like Microsoft and AOL, Time Warner, and small business owners. David and I talked about why it's important to focus on strategy and outcomes when working with clients and not the tools and how you achieve their desired outcomes. Please enjoy this conversation with David Sommerfleck. Hi, David. Hi, how's it going, Chris? I'm doing great. Thanks for being a guest on the Get Coach podcast. Um, it's great to have you here. And I, I want to just jump right in and, and have you share with the audience who you are, what's your story, and let's get to know you a little bit better. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me onto your podcast. I think it's important for people to uh, be cordial today, especially with so much going on in the world. Uh, my name is David Summerfleck. I am a digital marketing specialist and basically a business growth expert with about 20 plus years experience working for multiple marketing agencies and advertising agencies. I was also a certified small business mentor for SCORE, which is a division of the United States Small Business Administration. And uh, during that time, I also had training as a political campaign consultant, which we, we called messaging. Um, so I have about that experience. I was also a uh, college professor. I taught journalism and English um, in addition to that. And I would say, based on my experience working for multiple marketing agencies and those 10 years or so uh, working with SCORE with small business owners as well, and then freelancing on my own, I was also a mediator and I've also written a book. Um, so based on that experience, I think I slowly began to feel over the years that I have something to offer the business owner who is really focused on growth. Mm -hmm. And that's an important distinction to make because not all business owners or entrepreneurs necessarily want to grow or they may want to grow, but are, but are not able. Right. Right. Or they yeah. may have other issues. It could be family members holding them back. So it's an important distinction to make. Do you want to grow? Are you able to grow? Do you need it? Yeah, it's it, because with growth will come new challenges, new commitments, new responsibilities. Oh, absolutely. That it may not necessarily be more time because if you're building the business properly, I think a lot of people would say you shouldn't have to invest more time than you're already but your, your, your roles and your responsibilities might change. And do you actually want that? Right. So I, I, I can give you a very, very brief example of sure. this. Uh, when I used to network very heavily, I used to go to a lot of networking events and speak at all kinds of events and seminars. And um, anyway, I was talking to a woman who had a, a secondhand clothing store and she would also work with local artisans. So we were talking about marketing and I had a little bit ca too much caffeine that day. And I said, you know, you could do X, Y, and Z. And that would probably rank you number one in Google. I mean, given what I knew about her business. And 100% true, she looked at me and said, oh, I don't want to be number one in Google. I'd have more people calling me. I'd have more <laughs> emails coming in and more people coming into the store. That'd be double the workload for me. I don't have the money to hire any any extra help. I don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> That's so interesting. And at the time, my wife was with me. And I looked at my wife and she just gave me that look like, look, let's go. Uh, yeah. That's, you know, I, I think... It's super interesting because you'd think as a business owner, there's a certain kind of mindset that you would have that you would want you. 
I, I think I would just make the assumption, like I assume you want to grow your business and keep growing it and turn it into something more. There's, but no, like that, I find that so strange. There's a profound disconnect. And when I say these things, I don't mean it in a harsh way. Um, as you can see behind me, I try to be like the big guy there. I don't always succeed, but I try. And the one thing I always try to remember is, look, when you talk to other people, you may want to help them. You may be like Ahab's cabin boy, to use a literary metaphor. Um, and, and you may be thinking, man, there's so much I could do. Oh, my God, I could take this mechanic and automate all these processes and save them so much money and overhead and all this others. They have to be in a place where they can conceive it. They want it. They need it enough that they're willing to invest. Mm -hmm. That's the big thing because the number one issue you hear is money. How much is a website? How much is SEO? I've heard that. How much is e-commerce? How much is consulting? On and on and on. And I always say, depending on my mood, I can say, well, look, how much is a piece of string? How much is a car? Mm. It depends. Yeah. How, how long do you want it to drive for? I used to have a friend who bought a used uh, motorcycle and he paid $50 and it lasted just long enough for the seller to get out of town, you know, which was about two days. And uh, so, I mean, it, it's the thing is, and I say this in my book, the road to digital marketing profits. And this is why I wrote it. Not because I think I'm, you know, I was a genius or something, but it just, I kept seeing this coming up over and over again. You want to get here but you're here. So you want to get from point A to point B. I want more customers. I want more clients. How, whatever that means to you, it could be more people coming into a salon. It could be more people coming to a mechanic. It could be more uh, 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 patients at a doctor's office, whatever it is, more, more customers at a restaurant placing orders, whatever that is, that's what you want. And you're over here, not getting it. So what I try to do is say, look, what are you willing to do to get from here to here? It doesn't usually job. It usually doesn't um, equate, if that makes sense. Yeah. So what I try to do is first, you know, they're fixated on tools. How much is SEO? How much is a website? And what I try to do is say, look, let's talk about your goals first and why these have meaning to you. Then I can knock down and kind of, whittle out what the specific objectives are because for all I know, let's take you as an example because you're sitting here. It could be that you want more coaching clients and you could see that in general. I want more mm. coaching clients. Well, that doesn't help me as a marketer. What kind of coaching clients? What kind of, what kind of coaching do you provide? What's your, your, your niche? What are your local demographics? Who else is doing that where you live in your city and state? So I can understand the competition, right? What is your unique selling proposition that makes you different from the other 10 million other coaches out there, right? And then we can focus in on, okay, well, what's this worth to you? What is one new client per month worth to you? Mm -hmm. So if we, if we look at a lawyer, right? A, a new client for a lawyer could be anywhere from a few grand, could be much, much more, depending on what their legal issue is. So a, one new client per month for a patent attorney could be worth 30 grand, could be worth a lot more. One new client per month for a divorce attorney could be $100,000 if they work with a certain high-end type of clientele. Right? Right, right. Whereas if you have an idea for a business and you haven't tested it out, what's your budget going to be? Very negligible because you don't know if it's going to work. You're mm -hmm. living hand to mouth. So as much as I love startups, sometimes I may not want to work with a startup because they haven't tested their concept necessarily. They may not have a budget that I could do any work for. I mean, if their budget is $500, what can I do with that? You know, uh, PPC, which is paid advertising, Facebook, LinkedIn advertising, can be very expensive. And to get traction, it's usually a couple grand per month. The average small business owner isn't going to spend that. Right. So 
because um, I like to ask questions that are relevant to me and then hopefully Absolutely. relevant to the audience, sure. being in that startup position, yeah. um, I guess what would be some of the advice that you would provide to that type of person? Obviously, like working with them one-on-one is different because there, there's, like you said, there's a certain requirement that you need and that's as you evolve in business that's that ends up happening you start picking and choosing who you want to work with but obviously the knowledge that you have still applies to the startup so what would be something let's put it this way what's the 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 primary focus for a startup when it comes to let's say they've proven their their business concept though i don't know if i have quite yet but we've proven the business concept we know there's a demand for it but we don't have the budget to start like the paid advertisement, what would be other approaches or the, the number one focus, I guess, for them? Yeah, there's always a demand for what you do. Always a demand. So the question is, do you demand it? Mm. Are you willing? You know, everybody knows, everybody in marketing knows Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary yeah. V. Okay. I, there's some points that he makes I agree with and some I don't. But he always, his main point, if you watch his videos, he always basically, in my opinion, he always says the same thing. Work really hard, work really hard, bust your gut, work really hard. That doesn't do it for everyone and everything. It's not about setting goals or working hard all the time. It's about setting smart goals. Mm. You know, um, you know uh, if you use the analogy of wrestling, when I was in high school, I was athletic. You probably wouldn't know it by looking at me. But it's like someone who is a technical wrestler could always easily overcome a really big muscular guy because he, they, they would take you apart like a surgeon. They knew exactly what to do, what part to go for and everything. You could never beat them, you know, unless you had more skills and more training. Right. So it's about setting methodical goals and that's what I do when I work with clients, number one. And uh, I'm sure you focus in on that too. Yeah. You could have a client tell you, my goal is to make a million dollars in two weeks or whatever. And that's always the same. Everybody wants that. It never works out like that. If you read the biographies of all the people on Shark Tank, you see the common denominator is none of them got there overnight. It took them decades. Uh, Robert Herjavec, worked for free for years at a computer startup who can do that hmm. yeah i don't i don't know what his situation <laughs> was i don't know what his situation was but that's what he said he worked for free yeah Maybe i think in his story because his he he came from a, a quite a poor family if yeah. i remember his, yeah. so he probably was just so used to living at like this much lower standard that everybody else was so that he was he he just got accustomed to it so being able to work for free or wherever it was like he probably could just he just was able to deal with it whereas for i think the most average north american we would struggle big time for working for free even knowing not because we go like i need the money now because I, I have this certain standard of living i want to live and but the, real, the the value of knowledge long term obviously look at him right right everybody has bills to pay and god help you if you get sick yeah you know yeah i mean I, I had to have hernia surgery recently and i remember looking at the bill and if i hadn't had um the benefits that i had uh which are not cheap by the way um i think the bill would have been something like five grand right and, then the, and i had a septoplasty recently so i could breathe a little bit better the bill for that without the benefits would have been 25 grand now the average person i read somewhere a statistic that said the average american is one paycheck away from being homeless yeah i think it's i'm sure canada's pretty much the same um, I, I used to work in the financial industry, so I got yeah. to see firsthand most people's bank accounts and you know, it's true. It it didn't paint a very pretty picture, right? Yeah. 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 It's, it's very, very real. And um, so what I always do is say, look, let's look at your situation first. Okay. 
let's realistically get to know your situation. What is it that you want to do and why? What are, what are you trying to achieve? Are you trying to build a mobile barber shop? Are you whatever it is that you're trying to do, a restaurant, whatever? Hmm. Let's look at your business. Let's look at your debt. Let's look at what you've got to invest, what you don't have to invest. What are your assets monetarily and not monetarily? Because if you have family members who will help you, that's a big asset. But I can't tell somebody, you know, they want this right away. How much is it going to cost me to get a website? I mean, really, go get a free template and see what it does for you. Yeah. It'll give you a big old donut because without the marketing plan behind it, without the organization, without thinking things through, you're just throwing rice at the wall and hoping that some of it's going to stick. Yeah. And that's no way to run a business or try to support a family, um, you know, in precarious times. Um, so that's what I do. First of all, is say, look, let's really work out what in the hell are you trying to do? And yeah. why? And why? If somebody is not willing to talk about those things, I just tell them, look, God bless you. Have a nice day. Nothing personal. I just don't have time to play tiddlywinks. I just, <laughs> I, do, I just don't. I've got other things to do. I could be working on another book. I could be chasing after my wife or whatever, go watching the great courses or something. I yeah. just, or I could be studying digital marketing. I mean, I just, I don't have time for, for people who, have unrealistic expectations. So the question is, how do you have realistic expectations? Realize that nothing that's worth anything is immediate. Passive income, it's not real. Not until you're established, then you have the books and the courses and everything else. Right. It doesn't work. Affiliate marketing, fine. Once you have a brand and a business and everything already set up. I, I love, there's a quote by Henry David Thoreau who wrote Walden. And he has this wonderful quote that says, build your castles in the air for that is where they should be. Now lay your foundation beneath it. Hmm. So that's my first thing to say to new business owners, small business owners, coaches, consultants who want to increase revenue. Get, get a grip on First, what it is that you think you want? Why do you want it? What are you willing to sacrifice to get there? And if you think it's going to be free or $10 or whatever, or you're going to go to Fiverr or whatever the, the thing is and get a free template, it doesn't work that way. You can go ahead and do it and test out theories, but whatever you create on the internet lasts forever. So yeah. it's, it's better to think it through than yeah. it is to have you know a couple of jacked up websites associated with your name. Yeah, it just is. So that's what I do. And then I say, decide what you're willing to exchange and return for this goal. Realistically, if you want to be in great shape, you got to get up and work out every hour, you know, an hour or two every day, you know, um, so that's what I always say. And then determine your budget when you're ready to commit. And then are you able to accommodate new customers if and when they come? So I put things in that order. Right, right. And I'm not going to push my book, but I do think it's good. I do think it's a, a good, decent book. And I think, you know, you can get that help online, other places, but it's about organizing a very deliberate, structured, thought out business plan before you start throwing things up in the air and seeing if it'll fall down. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that thought because having gone through what I've gone through <laughs> in the last couple months, as far as like trying to launch a business is kind of like, I, as much as I thought it through or thought I did anyways, yeah. um, I, I also didn't, there were certain steps that if I'd really been, basically if I'd written myself out a checklist of all the advice that I've heard or read before, mm -hmm. And I went through that checklist before I launched business. There, yeah. I, I would have probably learned a lot of the lessons that I've currently learned, such as like really making sure that you talk to your desired client or, or market and finding Ooh. out from them what they want. Because if I had done that, I would have skipped one of the steps that I started with. It's, tra <laughs> it's transactional. Yeah. It's, it's transactional, just like we're talking here. You got to do that with your client before you agree to work with them 
or you will have hell to pay. Yeah. There's, a, there's a website called Clients from Hell. Um, you can Google it if people want to hear horror stories. I could tell you horror stories that, you know, our, our beards would grow down to the floor by the time <laughs> I was done. And they almost always came as a result of not screening the clients appropriately. Yeah. It's, not, it's not their fault because I'm agreeing to work with people I don't know. You know, so it really is a matter of getting to know that person first and saying, what are your goals? Why do you think these are your goals? Why? What are you trying to accomplish? Uh, to the client, a lot of times they can think the questions are silly. But what I could always say is, think of me as the doctor of marketing. I'm trying to cure your problems, but I can't diagnose the problem until we can talk. If you go to a doctor, they say, well, what, what's going on? Do you have a pain? Where is the pain? Uh, have you tried heat? Have you tried cold? Have you, you know, uh, tried any medications? Who have you seen already? How long has this been going on for? Who else is involved? What's at stake? Uh, what happens if we do this or that? You can't, you can't solve a problem if you can't know what caused it. Right. And, and that's a key, key point. You know, I had one client and, and the reason for this is because I worked within marketing agencies for like at least 20 years. If I don't count publishers, if I don't count teaching and, and being, you know, working with the college administration and everything. So when I freelanced in between, uh, there was one case in particular, I was a freelancer. And I talked to uh, a one woman who said, well, I want to be an artist. And I had paintings. So she had showed me some of her paintings. Oh, beautiful paintings, beautiful paintings. So she wanted to sell her artwork. Great. I could create a website for you where you can sell your artwork online like Etsy. And we can, you know, I'm not going to talk about the tools. Because if I talk about the tools, it's like the dentist telling me what kind of enamel he's going to use. Mm. It doesn't make any sense. I'm not mechanical. The mechanic can tell me how, what the problem is, but I don't know what he means. <laughs> Have you actually uh, had that happen? I've had that happen. Yeah. They're like, oh, oh yeah. so we did this and this and that. We used this. And I was like, uh, I yeah. have no idea what and, you're and talking yeah. about. And my, I, yeah. In fact, when I went to go get a hernia surgery, right, I was terrified because I'd never had it done before, right? So I'm going to meet the surgeon. He was actually a very nice guy. And he was number one in Google. He was the only surgeon I found who was number one in Google. And guess what? That's how I found him. Mm. Okay. He had rave reviews. He was very active online. So anyway, I go to see him and he starts telling me about, you know, uh, why I don't have to worry about the mesh and, and he uses the best mesh and all that. You don't have to worry and all of that. And, and I, all of a sudden I told myself, I got to tell you the truth, doc. I'm feeling kind of lightheaded and my eyes start rolling up into my head and like poached eggs and my wife looks at me and she's like you should really go wash your face go get some hair for a couple minutes and come back you're thinking about the surgery mm. and i told him i said sorry doc i love you i think you're the greatest person in the world right because you're gonna cut me open and everything i love you i'm gonna go rinse my face off and go walk around outside for a couple minutes i'll be right back because you're talking to me about a medical procedure and the mesh and the tendons and all that don't tell me don't tell me, just tell me what to do. And if this yeah. or that, all right. So that's my point. I'd never talk tools with clients. It doesn't do any good to get intimidated. It, it, you know, if after a time we work together, maybe then, but, um, so anyway, this particular client who wanted, she was an artist. And so I, Oh man, I could do that. That's great. What's a realistic budget range for you. So she told me, I said, all right, I could work with that. I could work with that. And um, so we talked a couple of times to find out, well, what's the artwork that you want to sell? What perspectives do you want to be available? And so on to work out the scope of the project, right? Then she starts kind of like losing her temper and everything. I said, ma'am, what's wrong? Oh, she said, well, 
you know, I really didn't tell you, but I'm kind of bipolar and I don't really think I need this medication that the doctors have told me I need to take. And I haven't been taking it for a week or two. And I'm really upset with your questions. I don't understand why you have to work on a schedule. And I said, well, ma'am, it's a great question. I work on a schedule because I have other clients in my pipeline, so to speak. I also have other responsibilities as an adult and a man and other things I need to do. I'm sure you can understand that. So I like to work, you know, with agendas and organized deliberate manner. All yeah. my projects must be done within a certain timeline and so on. So I can get on to other things. And she was livid. I said, ma'am, God bless you. I think you're a wonderful, sacred human being, but I just don't think we're going to be a good fit for each other. I wish you all the best. God bless you. And this is 100% true. So we, we hung up the phone. I started receiving several hundred emails cursing me, uh, every expletive you could think of. I forwarded them to the local uh, authorities. I reported her to uh, SCORE who, you know, I met her through there or something. I forget what the deal was, but I reported, the, I forwarded all the correspondence and everything and just said, this is God's way of saying, screen who the F you talk to <laughs> and why and why. You know, I've been to so many networking groups where I would go shake somebody's hand and well, what do you do? Well, I'm a digital marketing expert and a business growth expert. Nice to meet you. Well, I don't need growth. Nice to meet you. Bye. Oh, I already have a website. I don't need anything. Bye. That's it. That was their first response to you? I've had that happen hundreds of times. Oh, geez. And, um, and then I would go and look at their website on my phone. And of course, it doesn't work on your phone or it's a horrible website or whatever. And it's not showing up or whatever. And I'm like, man, I really could help them, but they're not interested. So now when I meet people, I don't tell them digital marketing because they think, well, I don't need a website. Right. I, have a free, I have a free Wix website. Now what I say is I'm a business growth expert and I help people grow their business. If that's something of interest to you, let's talk. Now, hmm. The tools that I use, to them, it's irrelevant. Right. Okay, I get what you're saying. So you're saying when you say, if you say digital marketing, they instantly start thinking tools. Yeah. Uh, got it. Got I've it, had got that it. happen a million times. I've had people talk to me. Well, I read that SEO, you don't need it. Hmm. Well, sir, what is SEO? Do you know what that means? Do you want to outrank competitors? Of course you do. That's SEO. How could you tell me you don't need that? They read an article or they heard something. Well, why would you ever pay somebody for a website when I could go to Wix or Weebly? Sir, that's a free do-it-yourself template. It's covered with ads for your competitors. You're not going to rank number one in Google. If I tell you the reasons, they won't make any sense. Yeah. Um, is it okay to tell you one more story? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'll tell you one more quick story that illustrates this specific point, okay? Uh, my wife recently had cancer. I was very stressed out, as you can imagine, right? I mean, it's like, oh, my God. And so I was really, really stressed out beyond, you know, whatever I could articulate. Um, and so anyway, I, I had scheduled a consultation with a lawyer. I like lawyers personally, because I have a tremendous amount of respect for what they do and the knowledge that they attain. Um, so anyway, I'm in the car and I'm going to do this consultation on the phone with this lawyer. I'm waiting for my wife to come back from chemo. When I'm sitting in the car, I'm really stressed out. I shouldn't have done it because I didn't have a lot of sleep the night before. I'm really stressed out and anxious. I want to know what in the world is, what's going to happen when she comes back. You know, there's a reason I'm waiting in the car and not in the waiting room. Right. Yeah. You know, so I call the lawyer up and hi, how are you, ma'am? And what can I do to help you? I didn't have my agenda. I was really stressed out of my mind. So I let her dictate. What is she going to do? She's not an expert in digital marketing, right? She's not an expert in marketing. So she just starts telling me about her Wix website. She's not getting any phone calls at all. She's a brilliant lawyer, incredible experience. So she starts telling me how she's getting ready to go take a job at Starbucks and everything. And she just asks me nothing but technical how-to questions for about an hour. And I answer every question as honestly as I can. 
at the end of the hour, she says, I'm completely overwhelmed. I have no idea what you said. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. I'm just going to go get a freaking job at Starbucks. I can't deal with this. I'm not going to spend money on something I don't understand. Mm. And I said, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. God bless you. Have a good life. And I hung up the phone because whatever I would say at that point was moot. Yeah. Could I could have helped her, you know, go to number one in Google for her city and state. But I lost that, that connection. Instead of saying, tell me what you're trying to accomplish and why, what does this mean to you? What's the value? Who else is involved? Are you willing to invest in order to attain what you want? Can you do it? Can you emotionally let go of what you've already done in order to do something new? What can we work out in order to get you from point A to point B that you're willing and able to do that? What do you need to feel so you can accomplish this goal with me? We can do it together because I could tell her what you're paying a m- per month on PPC that's not getting you anywhere. I'd be happy to work with you. Yeah, yeah. I'd be delighted to work with you because one new client to her, you and I could go buy a car. Yeah. That typically is the case for them, isn't it? What? It, it reminds me of, yeah. so when I was working at the last company I was, I was with, um, and I was just really, this is where I was starting to learn a little bit more. We'll say like the tools of the trade for marketing versus like the overall concept and all that. And I was starting to, to, um, look into their, their ad spend, what they were doing and yeah. asking the question of like, well, what budget do we have set aside and how are we doing it? And this and this and this. And I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't know any better at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Then I went and bought a couple of SEO books and advertising books and just marketing books in general. Mm-hmm. Started reading, started listening to podcasts. And now I'm with like a fresh news, like a new set of lens. I'm looking at the strategy the company was doing. And I'm going like, wow, we are flushing a lot of money down the drain because yeah. there wasn't a lot of leads coming in and they were very unqualified. And I was the sales guy for for a brand new region. So that's why I was taking such a big interest in it. And I was like- It's a huge amount of stress too. Yeah, and I was like, wait, we shouldn't be like, either we should change the strategy and and, and let me apply what I'm learning um, to help with the strategy so that we can get leads coming in so that I can yeah. send somebody, uh, or we should not be spending the money on ads and invest the money on other things that are going to attract people. So I was like, uh, content. So content marketing strategy, like if we're not going to be optimizing our ad spend and our ads, then we should invest it elsewhere. That's going to generate a rate of return. Yeah. Hello. I got yeah. shot down on all of it and I was just kind of like, all right, I guess I'll just let them keep doing what they're doing and, right. and I'll control what I can control. Um, but yeah, that didn't end up lasting very long because I was just so frustrated with like, listen, like you're expecting me to sell and I'm going out there and doing as much activities as I can. But if I don't have that other flow of leads coming from paid or inbound, you're chasing your tail. It's making my job really difficult when your expectations were here, right? So yeah. um, it made it challenging. We parted ways. Uh, it's unfortunate, but I learned a lot, right? And yeah. and now that's a big part of the, the 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 lessons that I'm trying to build upon. So like that's why talking to guys like you who have been doing this for a while, especially on the digital side, like, yeah. I feel like I can take a lot of value out of that. I started working in website development when the internet first began. Uh, I mean, I'd love to sit here and tell you, oh yeah, I'm 25 or something. I'm not, (laughs) Um, you know, so I was working on a degree in English and to help me relax because I couldn't read to relax. One of the things that I loved uh, was ruined for me by college courses. I couldn't read anything without diagramming sentences and, you know, thinking about the dramatic arc and why is the author doing this? I would have done it that differently, you know, so I couldn't read for pleasure anymore. So I started looking at HTML, which is a type of very basic website programming for those who may not know. And I just started studying web design to help me relax. Mm. And uh, my wife, we were dating back then, we used to come and get me at the university computer lab 
And she would say, it's 10 p.m. You really need to come home by now. And I would look at the clock and be like, oh, sorry. You're right. You know, uh, but, you know, the more I've learned about digital marketing specifics and all the advances in digital marketing with chat bots and heat maps and so on and SEO and Google Analytics, the more I realized none of that could help anyone. If you couldn't lock down the Socratic method when you talk to a client and that's as relevant and as real and as baseline for coaches as it is for a small business owner or a consultant or a therapist trying to get more leads. If, if, the, if you and the supposed expert who you're going to for help can't have some kind of Socratic questioning and conversation back and forth that's focused and deliberate, trying to discern an objective and kind of get some grip on that, you're not going to get anywhere. You're just throwing rice at the wall. Like I said, you're chasing your tail, whatever. It's just, it's doing acts. It's doing an act, but there's no rhyme or reason for it. It would be like me being on your podcast, but I have nothing. How are you today, Dave? Oh, I'm doing great, Chris. I don't really have anything to talk about. <laughs> you know, I don't really have any business or anything, or I have an idea for business, but I haven't done it yet, Chris. Yeah. Look, just get to stepping. Uh, that's you've got to have that foundation. That's really, really, really vital. And, you know, being semi-retired now and now all this stuff with the coronavirus, it's, it's absolutely horrifying. And I just decided, look, this is a good time as any to just hunker down and focus in on getting back to basics. Everything that I would tell someone else, now I'm going to apply it to myself and get back to basics. Mm. And that's, for any business owner, you can work online. You can have people working for you online. Um, I saw in the news today, NASA and the U.S. government now was experimenting and running tests on teleworking because they anticipate changes, to say the least. Mm. You know, there's That's changes coming. You know, I didn't even think of it that way. I mean, there's there's a lot of fear around it right now, but. Um, yeah, the, the, the implications to work and like have, like if, if all of a sudden our city stopped and was like all in shutdown, could, could the economy still move forward? It and could. The answer would, would be it could, but it would be a big transition for people to start working from home and, and being businesses. A lot of businesses would be like, we have no idea how to do this. But. Right. And it's something that they could have been doing 10 years ago. Yeah. They could have been doing it 10 years ago. Uh, when I was a teacher and, and, and a college professor, I remember they would have these orientations that you'd have to go to. Have to go to these boring orientations, right? That are like only an hour long or something. And you know what they're going to talk about. You know what they're going to do. And I remember saying, why don't you just do a video of the orientation? Get people to take the, the, the video, watch the video, right? And then sign off on it. Yeah, you can, you can do an Adobe form where they signed off on it. Yes, I saw the video. They said they're nowhere prepared to do that. Yeah. I saw something today where more and more schools are shutting down because of the virus. There's, the schools are shutting down. And who was it? it? Was somebody with the CDC or the WHO was saying you can do teleeducation and telework. Realistically almost no school districts in America are prepared to do courses through the internet. Hmm. No way. Could you imagine a teacher teaching their class from their home office? Yeah. Most, know how to, most don't can't even check email without hmm. downloading viruses hmm. and it's no slight to teachers. Sorry, teachers. I love you, but it, you know what I'm talking about? The technology for most teachers are woefully inadequate. Government employees, uh, who was it? Um, who was it? Um, um, uh, Trump's um, Rudy Giuliani, who was in charge of cyber security, took his phone to the Apple store and they said to him, Sir, why are you here in the Apple store? 
you're the highest level of government. You shouldn't be bringing your phone to the Apple store to be unlocked. Mm. You're going to the NSA or the FBI or somebody. We're just somebody, you know, a $10 an hour employee at the Apple store and we're taking your phone and looking at it. Yeah. So that's the highest level of government. Every business in America should be teleworking, working from home, enabling that. Yeah. Whatever the job is, if it's security, you can look at the cameras remotely and do that from home. I called the benefits provider today to ask a question. And she said, yeah, we're working from home. Hmm. I, I need to have a prescription filled. I called the doctor a couple of days ago and said, could you please fill this prescription for at least six months for me so I could hunker down? They said, <laughs> this is the truth. They said, no. We won't do it because we, we don't believe in this coronavirus. Uh, we think it's just like the flu. This is 100% true. We think it's like the flu. This is what we read on the news on, online. If you want your prescription refilled, you have to come in. See, whether, like, if they... they it's I'll, unnecessary. I'll, the way I would look at that is you're, you're entitled to, to make comparisons and whatever. Like, if you believe that, you believe that. That's awesome. And and I'm not saying I believe in either one, but like what they did there was basically impose your their beliefs mm. on you and saying, no, right. we're not going to do that because what we th we think what you are asking of us is dumb because you're not agreeing right. the way we believe, and that that opens up a whole different can of worms that we could we'll save maybe right. I'll, right I'll, I'll tie it up. Real quickly. <laughs> I'll tie it up very, very quickly. Okay. I live in the state of Florida. The governor of Florida said there's a public health emergency. Yeah, that, but okay. what I'm saying is more like that, that part, whether the decision around coronavirus is fine, yeah. it's more like that's They're opposing. It's, it's a common thing. If you don't yeah. believe in the same thing as the other person, you're going to impose your beliefs on them. Again, it doesn't like in this case, there's, there's, there's other things going on as far as like the legalities and, and, and obviously like politicians enforcing decisions and whatever, but it's the same idea of like, I believe in this. I believe that eating meat, let's just use this one. I sure. believe eating meat is part of a healthy diet. Right. There's other people that wouldn't believe that, but, and they'll impose their beliefs on me. Right. That's right. what I was getting to. And, and I think that is a big problem in our society is that we we need to be very mindful that everybody is entitled to believe whatever they believe because they they believe in that based on the information they've gathered over their life yeah and if we if we look at that perspective and i agree with you 100% if we look at that perspective and say well how is it relevant you know first of all coaches you know have to always remember that when they talk to their clients to not try to enforce their perspective and always kind of remember that who you're talking to is like a ball of clay, you know, when it's wet and warm and, and you can mold it, they're coming to you full of fear, uh, unsure about making a decision and what, what they should do just as me going to the doctor, mm. just me calling the doctor and saying, look, I see the news it's kind of concerning. I don't want to die. Uh, I'd rather not go out if I don't need to, you know? And, um, you know, so yeah, did that doctor's receptionist or whatever enforce their view on me? Absolutely. So what does that do to me as a client? Well, I have to go in to get my prescription now. So yeah. when I go, when I go get it tomorrow, I said, well, let's just get over with before the thing spreads. Let's go in there and get it. So as soon as I go get it, I'm gone. That doctor's going to get a one-star review. I'm not going back. Right. Because I thought it was, you know, obviously I didn't care for that response. Um, but as a coach, yeah, you want to build rapport. And yeah. it's, and for me, what I do with it being very technical, it's even more important to not think in terms of tools or how to, and that's very, very difficult because the first thing I'm thinking is, okay, they're telling me that they've done this and they've done that and they're working with this and their budget is that here are the tools that I could use to get from point A to point B. And then maybe I could work with that. And how would I solve their problem if it's technical and so on? 
And right. if you're really, really good in financial matters, you could be thinking the same thing. Yeah. I was just reflecting on some of my conversations I had in my pretty extended career in the world of finance and wealth yeah. management and and just remembering some of the conversations of breaking down the actual financial plan and strategy and investment strategy and this is why we're investing in this and blah 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 and and just seeing people's eyes kind of like glaze over and go yeah i can't do this this is too much and yeah. me being especially early on in my career i was kind of like what what do you mean like this is a fantastic financial plan mm-hmm. i know it is cuz that's my education that's my background right. um but because I overwhelm them, like you were saying, with like the tools and, and the how-tos, yeah. they just kind of went, wow, this sounds like a lot of work and scary. I don't want to do it. I don't want to lose Never money. mind. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. Like yeah. just like the lawyer said to me, you know, so after that happened, that experience was just so depressing for me because I could see how I could have really helped her. I mean, I could have really turned things around very quickly. And I just said, from now on, I'm not going to ever talk about how to do anything. We've got to have at least one or two conversations first to establish trust and rapport and get to the heart of the matter. You don't have to love me and sing my praises, but I need to be able to understand why are you trying to do this? Who is involved? Um, What's at stake here? What is a realistic budget range? And they can't tell you what a realistic budget range is because they don't know yet. Yeah. Exactly. So first we have to build the framework for that, you know, so let's, let's talk about how businesses, you know, get generate more leads in today's modern society and how budgets work. Then you can tell me what is a realistic budget for you now that you know, and it's very similar to the whole doctor uh, patient thing, you know, uh, you know, I, I, the doctor doesn't have to be brilliant, but you want to be able to talk to the doctor like, and and feel like they care yeah. at least somewhat because it's so scary. So they would look at a financial expert probably in a very similar way because it's their money. Yeah. It's their money. If I sat down and I told you all my financial situations and everything, all my concerns, um, you would say like, well, first of all, I need to, time to digest this and research it and you know they get back to you and and i would expect no less yeah you know yeah so you you can't jump the gun it's crucial for any coach or consultant out there to screen first and foremost and build rapport before you can make any kind of improvement in anybody's situation yeah it's a long-winded answer i'm sorry no it's good it was i'm i'm like I'm trying to digest it and process it right now, but not like sit here and ponder. That's the Canadian. (laughs) That's the Canadian right there. Process it. Yeah. Process it. I went to Toronto on our honeymoon and I love it. Because you say you get you would say process, right? Yeah, I would say process. Process, process. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Boot about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm sorry, I'll let you go ahead and, uh, I was, I was going to say, it's been, it's been a pleasure and, and a really fun conversation. I think there's been some great advice and, and, and just good conversation in general. So to kind of wrap things up, David, I was wondering what would be the one thing that you would suggest the audience do as a, as a next step coming out of what we just talked about? I would say clarify your expectations first and foremost decide what your goals are um, and then decide how am i going to get from point a to point b if your goal is to be a successful profitable coach define what that means to you as clearly as humanly possible visualize your ideal client visualize and talk about what they would pay you in order to break even or start to generate profits, you know, decide what it means to you in terms of value and what you're willing to trade in return to attain, attain or obtain this scenario. And then whoever you work with, if you really want results, you work with a professional who has experience. Just if I go to a coach, what is the coach going to tell me? 
they're going to say, you want to talk to someone who's an experienced professional who knows WTF they're doing. So if you're a coach and you're trying to get more leads or get more traction, you want to talk to someone who's experienced and knows what they're doing. It doesn't have to be me. Believe me, I'm fine. You know, but you want to work with someone who knows what they're doing and has relevant experience, has references, they have testimonials, they've got work experience, and they're not afraid to show it to you and so on in case studies and so on and so forth. All coaches should have that. They should expect it from others as well. And so determine your goals, your objectives, what they are worth to you, who and what you want, who and what you want to work with. Work all that out. And like the quote from Thoreau, um, you know, build your castles in the air, that's fine, but have a foundation beneath them and think that through. That's what I would say. And, you know, I'm more than happy to answer questions. If somebody has an honest, sincere question about what we're discussing and they email me, I'm happy to get back to them. If they right. spam me, I'm going to block them. If they, <laughs> if they send me free mess that I don't want, I will block you and whatever. But if they have, hey, David, I have a, an honest to God question about what you talked about with Chris, I'm happy to get back to them. Cool. And, and where, what would be the best place for them to reach out to? Like, I guess probably your website would be, uh, you, would have links to everything kind of idea. Yeah, you can email me at dms.blue. It's a real domain name. I know a lot of people are, do a double take when I say that. It's just my initials and my favorite color. But dms.blue, you can email me at dms at dms.blue. Cool. Okay. You can even call me at 424-DAVID-01. I don't care. It's a Google voice number. I'll get the transcription of my email. So if nice. you think I'm going to pick up, you're wrong. <laughs> you know, cool. Leave awesome. a message. But I'm always happy to help if I can plug my book, The Road to Digital Marketing Profits is available on uh, Amazon. And I'm so happy it's getting rave reviews. Um, so, you know, if that can be a benefit as well. So there's awesome. free help and paid help. So it's out there for you. I'll make sure Sorry, all of that, I'll make sure all that's in the show notes. Uh, but it's been a pleasure and I really appreciate the conversation. Thanks, David. Thank you so much. I had a great time. Take care. Okay. Thanks for listening to the Get Coach podcast. If you're looking for more information, you can head over to our website, which is getcoachedpodcast.com. You'll find the show notes for this and every other episode there. And if getting actionable advice every week from professional coaches is something you want more of, then make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes.